conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song. Yes, well, we're walking in sunshine in and out. Always uh, we play the song to make sure you know that we provide sunshine to your life. But today it's going to be a sunny day outside. It's cold right now, though. The temperature is moving up a little bit, but it's not like, you know, it's not like it's not like summertime outside. We're looking at about 33 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. We're looking at uh, 31. I'm sorry, 35 degrees Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 31 degrees at the Highlands. 29 in my backyard, and an even freezing 32 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny and high around 50 today, pretty much the same for tomorrow. Some rain comes in on Sunday and stays with us through Sunday and Sunday night and into Monday. And uh, the rain may be, may be a little mixed with snow beginning the part, first part of next week, but kind of have to wait and see how that uh, whole thing goes. So that's what you have to look forward to um, this weekend. And then uh, do I have a – what's next week? Next week, uh, sunny and in the 40s. I, I meant last night, Bob, to take a look at what the weather was going to be down to the Greenbrier, and I forgot to do that. Well, that's what I was just going to alert you to, Howard. I don't want to concern you too much. but what, you know, uh, what, are you, what are you about to tell me? Here? Well, you know, rain in Ohio County, rain in Greenbrier County, that's snow, Howard. So you, uh, you might want to keep an eye uh, on, is that a uh, pattern that's coming through the whole uh, state or just maybe here with us up here at North. I actually did note, and I didn't read it, but I noted that Metro News had uh, school delays statewide. Nothing around here, of course, but they had statewide school delays up today. So, Well, there you go, Howard. You're going to be in the mountains on a big old mountaintop, Howard. If I can get there and be, you know, and then if I'm stuck at the Green, I mean, I want to be home for Christmas, but you know what? Being stuck at the Greenbrier, if you're stuck, you're stuck. If you're going to be snowed in somewhere, the Greenbrier uh, Green is not too bad. I, that's that's kind of what I'm, kind of what I'm thinking too. So, um, but I, I meant to check last night to see what the forecast was down there, and I didn't do that. I have to do that later today, just so I have some basic idea. But you make a good point. You know, we're looking at rain, and maybe by Monday which will be our first day down there, our first actual day at the Greenbrier. Looking maybe snow up here. And you, know, you just hit me with this too, Howard. If Howard Monroe owned the Greenbrier Hotel Resort, oh. you wouldn't really do anything else, would you? I mean, that, that wouldn't that be the focus of most of your time being there amongst all the people, the wonderful people that want to come stay at your hotel, especially in the holiday season? I'd be stopping at the uh, at the uh, restaurants frequently to check. Be with a the greeter, chefs. right? I mean, you'd yeah, be yeah. proud of that, right? Sample that, the food. That, yeah. yeah. Th- I don't think the governors are even there too long. I mean, that's his home county. I don't think the governor goes there very often. I mean, yeah. we we've joked about that. You know, oh, well, you see the governor, but I don't think he goes to the Greenbrier very and often. That, that kind of his his home is in Lewisburg, which is in Greenbrier County, right? But not at the Greenbrier. No, but pretty close. But I'm thinking if I owned that gym. You That's, wouldn't have a home in Lewisburg. You'd have a room at the. And uh, I wouldn't want to be. Go- Why the hell would I want to be governor? I've got the Greenbrier. You know, this is this is where I want to be. It makes me feel good. 
Why, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, surely we wouldn't be in the coal business. Would you? Okay, I can be at the Greenbrier, or I can be in the I can coal be in business. The hospitality business at one of the greatest luxury resorts in the country. In the world. Or I can be running coal mines. Yeah, that's uh, and, and that just hit me. Yeah. J.J. does things different than most people. I would say that that's a, that's a given statement. Governor Justice does indeed do things, how do we phrase this, his own way, whatever that way may be. So, Yeah, if he's in Charleston getting tired, nah, let's drive home, boys. Yeah, <laughs> he well. doesn't stay at the mansion. I mean, that, that's peculiar. Or even worse, uh, fire up the chopper and take me home, boys. Governor, we don't have a chopper. <laughs> what? No, the governor doesn't have a chopper. <laughs> the state, the state, state has one. Oh, just we still the, got that one. Okay, the governor man. doesn't. doesn't ah, fired up it. Doesn't have one that he can that he can ride in. The governor is a strange character, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean you could take it negative, but he's just a very unusual man, isn't he? Eccentric, maybe. I don't know. You know, and I truly, I I was telling somebody the other day who was telling me how much they despise his politics, and I said, look, I'm not a big fan of his politics. But Jim, you just you have to like him. I, I mean, he's a likable guy. I mean, he's a good old country boy, right? Yeah, and you know, we we talked to Cam yesterday. I've I've seen my share of stories about the Greenbrier. It seemed like anybody that has anything to do with that place, that is their mission in life. They love it. They love being associated with that, except for the guy that actually owns the place. Yeah, wouldn't you? Would you think? And I got this impression. You're right, from Cam Huffman, who was the the PR director at the Greenbrier, who was with us yesterday. You could almost see his chest puffed up. Very I'm, proud. I'm with the Greenbrier. You know. I'm not with the no-tell motel. for This guy, well, he grew up in Greenbrier County. He told us that. But, you know, he may have gone away for hospitality training and, you know, someday he could have been at the no-tell motel or the Super 8 or something. He's at the Greenbrier. The longtime doorman that was there forever. His life's mission was to greet people. And to make sure that your door was opened and you were happy when that, you went through it. That was his thing. Yeah. But yet the governor, eh, it's, a, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> get enter once in a while and i could be wrong and if anybody is more familiar with the governor's businesses than i business than i am please by all means correct me but my understanding is that uh, he's not there very often he just doesn't even show up there very often and that might be by design howard maybe he's telling his family look don't get too attached to this place <laughs> might not be ours very much longer yeah, well there is that could be that too one never knows as as uh, McElhenney said to me uh, this week he says you know it's a good thing you're getting there now because they might be putting the uh, <laughs> up for sale sign up there before too much longer all right 9 15 quarter after the hour here on the watchdog morning show John McCabe in here and we'll talk about uh, quite a few things we have on our I have on the list of things to talk about at Ohio Valley headlines and news but first of all we'll talk about uh, the passing of Dr. Hank Meraki, pretty big deal. Um, and we'll do that coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. 
shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands. Hey everyone, it's Kayleen wishing you and yours a very merry and blessed Christmas. From the Watchdog, the Fitzsimmons family, and Clough family. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WV Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. Clairsville. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer, where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense, or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. Our countdown to Christmas continues with the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on AM 1600 and 1370. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Oh, this sounds nice. Christmas in the USA. Such a holiday. Time to smile and say hello to those far away. Sounds good. I like this. It's magical around. Have you ever heard that before? I have never heard this before. How about you, John? Such a lovely plan to see people. Say that again. You you switch mics on me. I have not heard that. No, is that Mickey Rudy? No, it's uh, Wayne Newton. Oh, Wayne Newton. You'd think he would have probably done a lot of Christmas songs, I would think. Well, maybe after this one, they said, yeah, come on, Wayne. Speaking of Wayne Newton, I heard you pumping the sunshine up Barry Manilow this week. That guy looks like a... He looks he, like Michael Jackson. Stop it, stop it, so stop much it. He sounded good, but the plastic surgery was so bad. It was not bad. He looked like a cart, like a he look look like he, a something you'd find outside someone's house, like a nutcracker and face so rich. I, I mean, Chimney's Howard terrible. <laughs> Watch, stay closer to the microphone, Chuck. All right, <laughs> I um, I I will not argue that you could tell he had work done. Work, work has a new face. He did, but I they, th- they literally sewed a new face on I top of the wrinkles. I thought he looked good. Eighty friggin' years old. He sounded years older great. than me. He sounded great. He danced around that stage. He looked horrible. I thought, you know, he had done. His eyes were particularly, you know, well, just everything. Like his chin is like they reconstructed his entire jaw so that true. it protrudes. I mean, he just there's, not I mean, true. He there's not good. a single line in his face. That is unnatural. Well, that is true. That is <laughs> totally unnatural. But he he looked. I thought for eighty years old. He looked very, very good. Clearly had some work done, but not, not a lot. I mean, I've oh. seen a whole lot worse. Where? And well, many people. And I thought, uh, I thought, I was staggered at how his voice was. He sounded great. Yeah, yeah. he sounded really good. I, you know, I, I, I made my my fourteen year old listen to Copacabana, and which I know you hate, but <laughs> it. Uh, we listened to that on. I was taking her to school the other day, and she's like, "What is this?" 
See, when Jason, I don't did do with the other kids. When Jason was a, a young boy, mm-hmm. we took him to school and stuff. We would sing Barry Manilow songs to him and put mm-hmm. Barry Manilow on what was a CD player back then. There was well, that no explains street, a lot, street. Howard. Huh? So he so he he grew up as a Barry, yeah. Barry Manilow Barry Manilow kind of guy. Nine twenty twenty after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. John McCabe is here with us from the newspapers and uh, John. Um, I found it very sad and uh, really reflective last night to think about the passing of Hank Meraki, one of the, I think, indisputably most influential educational leaders in this area and in the state, certainly in my lifetime. Oh, for certain. You know, uh, you know Dr. Meraki was, you know, 17 years superintendent here in Ohio County, followed by, I believe it was 12 years at the state schools, you know, state superintendent over the, uh, the, all, you know, the entire state school system, saw, you know, oversaw massive change here in Ohio County, the, you know, the bond levy for the construction of Wheeling Park. And, um, and he and was the one who was finally able to push it over the line. Yes. They had talked about it. I can't even if they'd taken votes before that, mm-hmm. but trying to get the consolidated school concept through the Wheeling Park High School through. And it was Meraki who was able to create whatever it was that got the public mm-hmm. behind that the new Wheeling Park High School, and then the renovation work in addition to some of the other elementary right, schools. Right, exactly. Um, then at the state, uh, you know, he saw what I would call probably one of the best eras of educational attainment in the state in the, you know, 80s and 90s when test scores uh, for in West Virginia were, you know, in, in the top 20 in the nation, I think, uh, you know, 16th uh, number of years while he was there. Um, you know, un- unlike today, unfortunately, where we're at the bottom, you know, uh, he was, you know, I, I think when you look back, back at it, well, I don't want to get, you know, again, he also was there when we had the teacher strike and was a powerful the, force in, in dealing with it, the, unlike what we've seen in recent years. It was the 11-day teacher strike <laughs> right. back in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pivotal time, not just for the, not because he the strike, but it kind of turned around a bit the way education was presented. That's when they began adding the days for teachers, the in-service right. days, and uh, the teachers got a good deal out of it in addition to a pay raise. Meraki was able to broker that. Gaston Caperton was the governor at the time. Um, and Meraki tells the story, which I assume to be true. The governor said, hey, Hank, this is yours. We got a strike. This is yours. Yeah, deal with it. Right. T- take it and deal with it. Yeah. And he was able to, to, in a much less confrontational way than occurred a handful of years ago mm-hmm. here with the teacher strike, he was able to work both sides together and come up with a good compromise. Yeah. You know, really at the end of the day, and, you know, I got to know Dr. Meraki just in the past about 15 years uh, and, and enjoyed, really enjoyed spending time with him and talking to him. Um, but he was just a very effective leader. And, and he was very smart, obviously, but he was just really, he knew how to get things done. I mean, like, and the little things that you didn't know about him, you know, I never realized he was a like phenomenal baseball player. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't know that until I read his obituary last night. Um, and, uh, you know, again, just just saw, you know, if you look if you look at Dr. Meraki as well and that tree of superintendents here in Ohio County that have, you know, come from him, you know, Diana Vargo and George Krellis and Larry Jones, um, Larry Miller, and now even, of course, Kim Miller, who's Larry Miller's daughter-in-law. Um, so it's uh, he, he's had he's had quite the impact on public education. The 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 group of superintendents that came immediately after him, and and still to this day, you're right. But 
they were almost hand-trained by Hank Meraki. Yes. They were assistant superintendents or key administrators. And I think I'd like George Krellis out of that list They were well. yeah. um, yes, I, almost hand-trained mm-hmm. by Meraki. They really had learned at his feet and and picked up a lot of his yeah. techniques and his style. And, and um, Hank could be... Um, Difficult. That's a good word to use. I was yeah, trying to think difficult is a good word. He I think. could be he could be difficult, demanding, but he was, uh, I think, always fair. Mm-hmm. And um, and and one thing he always would do would be to have facts and figures to back up what he what he believed. I remember a couple of times uh, I would argue with him over. Um, he was on the blue ribbon committee of school, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was arguing with him about something and he said, well, let me explain some things to you. And he just brought out all these facts. Like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> then I, I still don't agree with you, but okay. But, but I, I guess, uh, I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, um, just a, a, a great, uh, and I think anybody who was around the time remembers the Hank Meraki area here in Ohio County as a real, um, I don't say shining light, but I mean it was it very was, transformational it, it was for this transformational. district. Yeah, it, yeah, very it, transformational. It, it really wasn't. I, I was young at the time, so but I remember how hard it had been for previous superintendents to get. Bob, you had the name. Who was the guy? Super. Who was the senator before him? Leroy Watt. Watt. Leroy Watt. Yeah. Um, they just and he'd had some problems. He had some confrontational issues, mm-hmm. uh, but. It was just difficult. They could not get – there was talk for years of the consolidation and, and these big plans, and they couldn't get them over the finish line, and Hank came in and got them over the finish line. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, uh, at a personal level, Howard, uh, he loved Head Issue. He, he was a big fan of ours. Yes, he was. Head he issue. was a big he, fan of ours. <laughs> and that's actually how I first met him. He uh, – you know, we we had – we were somewhere, and we had maybe just taped a show that day or something, and he came up and introduced himself, and I, and I knew of him, obviously. Um, but, you know, it kicked off just a really, uh, you know, nice friendship toward yeah. the end of his life, and as my career was, you know, starting to, you know, was kind of in that, uh, in that transformational period as well, and I really enjoyed talking to him because he loved public education. He loved the power of public education. He was very passionate about it. And I feel in a lot of ways that, you know, a lot of the things I think about now stem from conversations he and I have had over the last 15 years on, uh, on different things and, you know, what we should expect out of our, out of our public educators and, and our public school system in general. You know, we should expect excellence. Are we ever going to achieve it? No, but we should expect it. We should, you know, expect that um, you know, accountability. Again, is it ever going to be perfect? No. You know, but in recent years, I never talked to him about why things aren't as good now as they used mm-hmm. to be education. I wish I had, because I'd love to have gotten his take on that. Again, yeah. things were, you talked about the test scores were dramatically, yeah. I mean, we were in t- top tier right. during his time. Now, the world has changed. I'm not saying that's Hank Meraki's mm-hmm. doing solely, but I would love to talk to him about how why are things better or worse off now yeah. than before. I mean it, it, and that's a great question and there's probably not an easy answer to it I mean um, but he uh, you know he was just a guy who who understood how to get things done how to motivate people to get things done and and, and work at their optimal level um, and you know it's uh, it he lived a good life uh, 88 years old at his passing on Wednesday 
and uh, you know, let's let's hope uh, as we go forward that our public education system statewide can return to the levels that he had it at. Uh, you know, thirty. Well, she's going on forty years ago now. Yeah, huh? Made me pay attention to some of the things that he did and how yeah. he did them as well. What was the key for him? Why did he? Why could he get it done? And we we went downhill since. You know, I I think I look at at our state public public education system now and you have a, a state school board that that is sometimes at odds with you know that, that has its own i'm going to say its own agenda but the agenda may be slightly different than what the superintendent and the department of education has you know i think hank was <clears throat> he was a, he was a leader in the sense that like he ran the board the state school board i mean he had control of his board i don't know if superintendents over the last 10 15 years have really had control of their boards or if the boards have you know, been a little more finicky, and maybe it's the politics of the time as much as anything. Um, so I think that's part of it. I mean, that's obviously not all of it, but he, you know. But I think he, Hank had, uh, Hank had a singular focus. I mean, he, he knew what he wanted to do. He had a real, he had a philosophy that he, educational philosophy that he lived by. He was very student focused. Uh, yeah. Some folks don't believe that, but he was very student focused in everything, you know, he, he knew what he wanted to do. And let's be honest about it, back to this, the board issue, especially here in Ohio County, he had a board that worked with him mm-hmm. as opposed to worked against him. Mm-hmm. And we have not always seen that in recent years. And, and I won't say that, that, you know, things were a thousand times better in the, you know, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But, you know, we didn't, at that time as well, students didn't have the challenges that, that they're facing today in terms of family disruption, in terms of, you know, you know, grandparents raising kids instead of you know yeah. uh, it, it's just a different time you know the breakdown of the family in a lot of ways has been part of that breakdown of of uh, you know just society in a lot of ways um, and and I don't want to be too you know just too broad with that but you know it, it's just you know it's different from when you grew up and the same with me you know I mean people looked out for each other now you know Bob you know most people don't know their neighbors anymore Except for Bob, he knows his neighbors. Yeah. Well, I lived there for fifty years. I should know. <laughs> but now it's a great question you ask, and I, I think I think it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, again, I think he was very focused. He knew what he wanted. He philosophically he knew what was the right thing to do, and therefore he could develop the plan that made it work. He had a board that worked with him, mm-hmm. um, and you know I'm going to draw a comparison in some sense with I just popped into my head between he and Joe Manchin. Hank Meraki ran the school system. Right, he commanded the room when he was right. there. Right, just as Joe Manchin did when he right. was governor. When, right. when Joe was governor, you know, he... he and again, as you talk to people, you know, and, and as I've talked to people over the years, and if, when his, you know, people either loved him or, or despised him. And the reason they, that some people despise is maybe a strong word, but, you know, he was a very... He had a very strong personality. And, you know, and if you, you know, it just rubs some people the wrong way. Yeah. So that, but he was Bob. He was he was a big fan of that issue, as, as John said. Yeah. We would see him out at a restaurant. We would generations or someplace, and Hank would come strolling over, and he'd go, "Whoa, <laughs> I know things are happening now. These boys are making things happening now. You got yeah. tell me what's going on in town now." He was blowing smoke up our ass, and you know he knew right. much more than we ever knew. Sure. But he always came over and spoke, and and was really very positive about. Did we have him on as a guest once? I think we did. I one think time. we did. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. He, uh, he was just he he loved that issue. He just he, he just talked about it uh, all the time. Howard, maybe that's a good sign that with the new. If year. anybody is listening, that uh, was Liberty. Uh, you know, uh, Hank, the new year, uh, <laughs> new times as possible. He's uh, uh, survived by his wife Mary. Um, yeah. 
I saw in your article, um, one of the previous superintendents said that you used to think of them as the dyna- dynamic duo. Yeah. She herself was a, was a major force in education strong, in a different area, strong, but she was yes. a very strong uh, educator, uh, and they made uh, they made a really good a, a really good team. Mm-hmm. And um, they, it was again those were I, when I think of education, and again maybe it's because it was my school mm-hmm. days too. But when I think of of when this school system in Ohio County was at its very best. It's when Hank Meraki was mm-hmm. was at the helm. So certainly uh, sad about his passing and uh, condolences to his family and uh, to Mary and certainly to the large number of friends that he had. And you're right. He had some enemies. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there are some people right now who are thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm going to tell you. I could tell you some stories. Sure, I'm sure, sure you could. I'm sure. Um, but, uh, but that doesn't take away from the the very, you know, the, the many, many very good things he did for public education locally and in, in West Virginia. Well, when we come back, let's stick with the school system for a minute or two, yeah. or at least partially with the school system, because now that whole library funding issue that you and I talked about uh, a year or so ago mm-hmm. when they cut the funding at the school level for the Ohio County Library is back on ta- on the table with maybe the library getting somehow its own share of levy funding. We'll talk about that and more coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your morning headlines for this Friday, December 15th. As the Life Hub prepares to open its winter shelter tonight, hopes are high that they can move forward to become a year-round 24-7 shelter. Project Hope physician Dr. William Mercer would like to see a portion of it devoted to respite care. He says there are a lot of roadblocks preventing the homeless from getting into skilled care facilities and sending them home from the hospital when they live in a tent could be disastrous. He says a respite care section of the Life Hub could save lives. He also says nursing homes are far from ideal for homeless people. He says the nursing home staff is used to caring for the elderly with dementia or heart conditions, but a 26-year-old in active addiction is a bad fit for both the staff and the patient. He says respite care within the hub would be a very huge help. Thursday marked one month since the deadly five-vehicle crash on I-70 that killed three adults and three students. That crash involved a charter bus carrying Tuscarora's Valley High School band members who were heading to a conference in Columbus. When the National Transportation Safety Board first arrived in central Ohio, they said the semi-involved crashed into an SUV carrying a teacher and two chaperones before slamming into the back of the bus. The NTSB says the preliminary report on the crash will be released soon. Continuing coverage for you, the former BGJ Sumner Jones Army Reserve Center in the Clater neighborhood of Wheeling will soon be owned by the city. Senator Shelley Moore Capito issued a statement about supporting the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2024, which included several provisions. One provision was requesting the Army Reserve building be given to the city to use for the betterment of public safety. City Manager Bob Heron says all of this is part of Wheeling's improvement. The building is in good condition and will require almost no renovations. Heron says this project was spearheaded by Assistant City Manager Bill Lanham. The property will officially belong to the city once the bill is approved by the House and signed by the President. That was a look at your 7 News headlines. Have a fabulous Friday, everybody, and a wonderful weekend. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. 
The Courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and healthcare fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. I won't be home this Christmas because. Paul, did you record that during the break? (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) I know how much you miss me. Sounds like he's in pain. (laughs) He's either in the hospital or in prison. I'm not sure. Who yeah, is, who is, who is this? Some guy by the name of Red Foley. Red Foley. Red Fox would sound better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> big dummy. <laughs> See, he could have had the big dummy Christmas album. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, Bob, you've really... You've, I you want to hear some more of this, Howard? No, I get you, but I give you credit for having found some really, really I told you they bad were bad Christmas songs. I mean, bad ones this morning. So, 9.37, 23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Newspaper editor John McCabe and I kicking around the uh, Friday roundtable. John, we, you and I, I think, were both distressed a year or so ago when the Ohio County School Board uh, cut the funding mm-hmm. to the Ohio, not cut it out, but decreased the funding to the Ohio County Library. I thought that was a... A mistake. I think that it is a function that the school board should have supported. Uh, at the time, one of the things that was said by a couple of people, including David Croft, was, "Well, maybe they should, you know, put put their own levy on the ballot or somehow get a get their their money guaranteed, not mm-hmm. depending on the school board to make a decision." Mm-hmm. So they're they're aiming for that now, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, the school board. I mean, so when you think about it, so the school board said, you know, we really don't value libraries. Um, so if you want any of our money, you have to like get your own slice. It's to me, it's an odd that a board of education, you know, again, I'll go back to when, when they did this, I thought this was a bad move, you know, particularly, you know, we're cutting funding to libraries at the same time, we're putting in new scoreboards at a, at a stadium. Right. It just shows, you know, to me that priorities are, are a little bit skewed, um, in, in some senses, but you know, this is where we're at. Uh, I, they did say they were going to do it. I'm glad that the library levy is now going to be out there. I surely hope that uh, that but the now, public I'm a supports confu- it. Do you know how this is going to yeah, work? Because yeah. it, it's not actually going to be a library levy. It's going to be well. It's going to be two separate questions in essence, or two separate two separate things to vote on. You're going to have the schools will have a levy renewal, an excess levy renewal coming up in I think it's May of of this year, or of this coming year in the May primary. So. They'll have their excess levy, which has been, you know, going for, you know, decades now, uh, helps fund salaries, et cetera. Going back to Hank Moran. Yeah, yeah. And maybe even before, but definitely right. to that. So, um, you know, and that's one, obviously, that uh, you know, everyone should should continue to support um, and help our school system be as good as it can be. And uh, But now as part of that, you know, they're going to have a second question, even though it's – and this is where it kind of does get a little confusing. We're going to have a second question, basically. Would you, you know, support a 2 percent, uh, you know, of the excess levy or however it's going to read going to the Ohio County Public Library? I don't think um, they've decided how they're going well, to phrase they're, that they're not. They haven't. They've got to get that kind of figured out now, uh, you know, as the, they get this – 
ballot question uh, to, to Ohio County. So there's still a little bit of work to do, but basically when you go to vote, you're going to vote on the school's excess levy, the school district's excess levy. Sorry, Which is a total people. dollar figure, whatever right. that is. Well, yes, yes. And, um, and then you'll also vote on separately – a library levy that is part of the excess levy. It would be a levy. slice of that big yes. number that I had earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or a percentage that's, of that big that's, number. That, it's I confusing. Mean, it, it is very and, confusing. And that's, that's my only concern is that people are going to say, well, I'll support one. I mean, theoretically, you could see the excess levy fail and the library levy pass. That's possible. And if that happens, the school system would have to figure out a way to fund um, you know, fund the library. Well, so, it depend though on. Uh, again, I'm really confused by this. Uh, it would depend on how they phrase that library part of the levy. Right. If it's a percentage of the total levy, then if the levy failed, there's but, a percentage of zero. And it may be a percentage. But of if they the, just yeah. put a dollar figure on it, right? Then they would have. To then find they would have to find. Yeah. So, uh, so I think it's going to be. Uh, you know, again. We'll, hey, I've we'll got an idea. More. Why doesn't the school board just? Fund the library. Well, just leave it. Okay, you know they they cut a percent out of it. They, you know, leave it at the six or seven hundred thousand it is now, and move forward. Why? You know, I don't understand the need to continue to to make this an issue. I don't. I mean, they, they took they took three hundred thousand dollars from the library for whatever they needed it for, and that's fine. Um, you know, why now? go back and, and, and hit it again. But that's where we're at right now. Uh, it, it is confusing. And th- there's some of this that will have to be cleared up mm-hmm. uh, before they they can they can put on the ballot. I don't, I don't know what the time frame on that is. I get. think by they have to have it. Well, I mean, you've got to have it by the end of January yeah. at the absolute latest. I mean, but earlier than that, maybe if it's mid-January. It's going to require a lot of education. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the public to figure figure it out because mm-hmm. again at least as maybe it will be easier to understand at that Perhaps, point right yes. now it's i'm just really confused about it i think the school board and the library trustee or some members of the school board and the library trustees are going to meet mm-hmm. next week maybe mm-hmm. to try and iron some of this stuff out um it's a it's a little weird Life Hub's uh, free shelter opens today, I yeah, guess, right? Yeah, we've got a new interim executive director, a city employee. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Melissa Adams, who is a very nice lady and I think has uh, tried her best to act as the homeless liaison. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she she is carrying the title of interim executive director of the Life Hub while she is still the city's homeless liaison. I have to be honest, I find that questionable i asked a city official earlier this week if they've ever had a situation like this where a you know a a taxpayer funded employee has been tasked with setting up a private entity and that is what the life hub is it is a private entity yes it's a non-profit but it is a private non-profit but it it, and it has no direct connection to the city in fact up until last week had no Mm -hmm. financial connection even to the city and the answer was no um and I kind of take this back to our current council. They, you know, they asked several months back for a better explanation as to, you know, both Melissa Adams' role with this and the city's role. And, you know, never there was never anything after that until they started giving some money to the Life Hub. So somewhere along the line, they decided they had to start funding this thing. You know, I know everyone says, well, it's not our intention for any more money to go there. Well, that's never the intention, but that's what ends but up you, happening every But if time. you listen to the last council meeting when they had the discussion about the funding and eventually approved it, 
George Smolder, on behalf of the Life Hub, uh, I don't know if he's an executive mm-hmm. with it, but speaking on there, he's behalf, not the executive director. That's for sure. No, that's uh, that's uh, Melissa. <laughs> well, we know she has a title. Would it be in bad taste to say, uh, "Hey, Melissa, you getting paid for that?" Uh, that's a fair question. It I is think. a fair question. That that, that is a, that's a very fair question. Uh, but but George Smolder said, um, "We quite likely will be coming back for more money." Now he was couched it carefully as well. Sure. If you end up having some available money, we will likely come and ask you know, for I it. don't question, you know, and I feel like when you and I talk about it, when I talk about it with others, you know, and when I write, when I when we editorialize about it, you know, I'm not questioning the motives of those involved. I think that, you know, no. everyone's trying to do the right thing here and they're trying to, you know, fill what they see as a need of a low barrier shelter in Wheeling that, uh, you know, that, that serves what is a growing homeless population. Um, okay, but the city, you know, this is a, you know, to me, you know, the, the city is intricately linked with this project because of not only, you know, Ms. Adams on the, you know, is the interim executive director, Bob Heron's on the board, uh, I think another city employee on uh, the board, uh, Michelle, uh, Michelle Rujanis is, is yeah. doing some and work so, I mean, I just, there needs to be a, you know, more of a public accounting of, you know, uh, Melissa Adams is spending time working on this project. Will the, will the Life Hub, if it ever becomes a sustainable venture, reimburse the taxpayers for? I mean, because again, that's what this comes down to. Well, this is no, it's not the city. I mean, the taxpayers, you, you know, Bob, others who live in Wheeling, others who pay a user fee. That is who is paying for her time in setting up this hub, this Life Hub. And you know, it, it, to me, it's just a, it's a, it's very much a conflict. My uh, my concerns about the life off have been at a couple of levels. One is what you point. I am. The more we go down the road, and the more I see, you know, Melissa Adams being the executive director, interim executive director of the Life Hub, and also working for the city, those are two separate positions. They're two separate entities. That just conceptually bothers me. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to not, I think, having had a clear picture nor direction for the homeless liaison in the beginning. I have always been confused, though. And it may, it, I mean this sincerely. It could be me. I have never fully understood where this Life Hub came from. One day, Melissa Adams is talking to council a year or so ago and says, well, I've been looking at a lot of different things. And, you know, there's one possibility, this thing called a Life Hub, and they've got some in Pittsburgh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's something we're going to look at. And then the next time I hear about it, six months yeah. later, it's formed. a building, right. It, it, yeah. And they got a building. And so well, Howard, I, the whole thing you know. can just, I don't know how it came about, and I still don't exactly know. And then I have a practical concern. I still don't believe we should be housing the homeless in that location. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you're not the smartest guy in the room. I'm definitely not the smartest guy in the room. Um, and, you know, all we do is ask questions. And, and I feel like we're asking questions that I'm not getting – sufficient answers to you know that the public's not getting sufficient answers to and they're basic questions like how is you know how is this relationship between the city and the life hub not make this a city project and you know maybe there's an answer that we just aren't hearing maybe there's an maybe. answer me said you know i also thought it was interesting that um Six to one was the vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Sklavanakis was very clear he mm-hmm. did not like the funding for the hundred thousand right. dollars of the life hub uh, and Rosemary Ketchum, on the other hand, was very, very clear. She felt this was very important. But you had most of the rest were kind of in the middle. The mayor even said, I don't even really think this is going to work, yeah. but I'll vote for it. I mean, there's it even be on, nice just to throw $100,000 at something that you don't council, have much, just, much faith in. I just am confused by it. But you know what, Bob? I get confused a lot. Well, that happens hard. Let's take a break. 13 to the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. Dear Santa. 
The watchdog has been good this year. Ho, ho, ho! What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank. The right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is another Sound of the Season. You're listening to the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on the Watchdog Radio Network. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Are you or your loved ones facing a serious legal battle? The Law Office of Paul Harris wants you to know you aren't alone. Do you need someone that's not afraid to go to trial and fight for your rights? Attorney Paul Harris and his team are willing to go where most firms are not. The courtroom, with a successful track record in civil litigation, criminal defense, including tax issues and health care fraud, Harris Law Office will fight for their clients by offering the most aggressive representation in and out of court. Call Paul Harris at Harris Law Office for a free consultation, 304-232-5300. Our countdown to Christmas continues with the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on AM 1600 and 1370. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I'm not 100% sure in this day and age we can play that song. That makes uh, Baby It's Cold Outside it seem like a Christmas carol, a real Christmas carol. Exactly. I think after you, you I want to unwrap you for Christmas. Yeah, after is that you convince the... her to stay, you play that one. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, baby, Good outside. move, John. Now I want to unwrap That you. is the monkeys. <laughs> the monkeys? Yes. <laughs> All right. All right, attend to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Back to the Life Hub just for a second. I got a couple of texts on it here. Somebody sent me a uh, uh, a link to the Life Hub's website, which I did not know they had, mm-hmm. uh, and says the Life Hub on its own web page says they are a program of the Wheeling Housing Authority and the City of Wheeling. Interesting. So program of the City of Wheeling. So I'm just uh, pointing that out. I don't this think is, anybody in the city knows that. Outside this is of- this is from the text. I don't know. Hey, uh, let's talk real quick about uh, Moundsville. Yeah. Yeah. They had a town hall meeting or a public forum or whatever you want to call it uh, uh, earlier this week. Uh, residents came and complained. It's a good idea. I think that the city of Wheeling could do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, give people a chance to vent, and they had the council and the police and judges and so on there to respond to it. Um, fairly typical kind of complaints. It's what you see on Facebook an awful lot, yeah. basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'd say Wheeling has done that and maybe not in one big community meeting, but, you know, you have ward meetings. Well, yeah, and you, yeah have, you do. Right. You know, crime watch meetings. Um, you know, this one was interesting, though. You, you did have uh, a number of folks, you know, talking about, you know, needles, uh, you know, people wandering around looking in cars fights breaking out, you know, and spilling into people's yards, uh, you know, just a lot of unruly behavior, you know, and it really does, as, as I read the story, it really did, did just kind of make me think of like, how did we get here? How did we get to the point where, where civility and common sense and people just, you know, being able to sit in their backyard or, you know, let their kids go out and play and not have to worry about finding needles in, a, in an alleyway or, you know, in the hedges or anything else. And, uh, it's just a sad testament to where we are at today because it's not this is not a you know a wheeling problem a moundsville problem a morgan this is an everywhere problem right now it really is the problem is not to be redundant with that word the 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 problem is i there's no easy solution no. to it i mean we you can put police on the street and i think you should and chief mitchell last uh, this week said they do mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's only as good as the po- police are there and then things go sure. back to normal. I mean, it's I, I don't want to sound like one of these crotchety old guys, but I am. Um, it's it's just the way of the world these days. It is, you know, and but no, I think and it shouldn't be. And we got to figure it, something out. But, but I don't, there's no yeah. easy solution in Moundsville. I mean, good for Moundsville for taking the time to sit in front of the residents and and. You know, in some ways, I wouldn't say take a beating, but, you know, take some criticism for, you know, sometimes slow response or no response on, on, you know, what may just be a nuisance crime. But, you know, when that nuisance crime is happening in your yard or in front of your house, it's a real issue. I thought it was uh, interesting, and it is not a criticism of either one of you. Uh, Channel 7, Walgreens is calling me. (laughs) Your prescription's ready, Howard. My prescription is ready. They call me 27 times a day. Uh, That's okay. It's okay. Um, You were saying uh, we WTRF. Yes. I thought it was interesting. WTRF's headline on that story was uh, Citizens Complain of Nuisance Crimes Mm -hmm. and the intel story said uh, crime issues discussed. Mm-hmm. I think both were very valid because there were mm-hmm. both of them there, but it's it's just interesting because sure. that's exactly what you have. You have sort of nuisance crimes. I just don't like kids running through my yard. Right. That's a problem. I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't either. And then you have actual criminal activity. Right. So right. it was it was interesting. John, have yourself a happy uh, holiday, a merry Same Christmas. I will not see you until after the holiday. So yeah, I don't I don't go on vacation at the Greenbrier. So enjoy yourself in your lap of luxury. Down I'm going there. to go down there and I'm going to have a wonderful time. I mean, but well, but you have a good time yeah, and uh, tell sure your family said the same thing. And we will uh, reconvene. Maybe the next time we get back together, you and I get back together, we'll have a chance to talk about. Uh, the year in review. We mm-hmm. haven't done that for a while. We should do that and yep. take, take a look at what's happened this past year. Let's go right now to uh, Bob Westfall, the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? I'm getting ready to go to the Greenbrier. I'm great. Crotchety old man that you are. <laughs> I am a crotchety old man. Listen, I don't, I, don't, uh, you know, I don't deny my essence. I am a crotchety old man anymore. Mm. Okay. Well, you know, that's that's half the problem when you got a problem knowing your problem acknowledging you your go. problem hey as popeye yeah. would say i am what i am and that's all what i am there it is there all it right. is <laughs> what uh, are you right uh story uh actually uh out of uh carolina uh greenville county they got searching for a man went missing 74 year old robert crabtree uh 
apparently he he has dementia. We know that. He may be headed to East Liverpool. Uh, law enforcement hasn't told us why. We're assuming he probably has family in that area. But anyway, uh, if you see this man, he's six foot tall, about 145 pounds, hazel eyes, brown hair. Uh, last seen wearing blue jeans, a blue jean jacket, ball cap, and glasses. Uh, call 911. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, deputies in Greenville County uh, in South Carolina feel like he is heading for East Liverpool. So uh, keep your eyes open for this missing man. Uh, see if we can't get him some help. So yeah, I, I read, uh, the I read story the, is on our website. I read the story yep. on your website, and in the first part of it, I was like, what's, I don't get why we're talking about a South Carolina man who is missing. And then I got that they believe he's headed this way. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently they feel like he's heading for East Liverpool, so uh, just getting that word out. picture of him also uh, is on our website, so get an idea of what he looks like. Uh, some of the other stories we are working on today, Weirton Fire has unveiled new fire equipment today, uh, part of their ongoing uh, uh, refurbishment, uh, replenishment of their fire department and their fire equipment. Uh, Colin Roos was there this morning. Uh, he'll have a report on that at 5 o'clock. Uh, exactly what kind of uh, fire equipment, what it's going to be used for. So we will have that. Uh, story, a nice heartwarming story, and I like it because it's, it deals with uh, the law enforcement people that I deal with in Wells Township. Uh, the River's Landing there, the retirement home, uh, didn't have a Christmas tree. Uh, so the officers of Wells Township Police uh, donated and delivered and decorated a tree for the people there. Um, so we're going to talk to the chief and then the manager at River's Landing. Uh, about how special this is, so we'll have that today. Uh, it's one of those nice feel-good stories as we get into Christmas. Uh, I'm going to talk to the owner of the Newell Bridge. As you know, it's a major uh, detour as the Jennings-Randolph is repaired. Uh, they did a extra, I guess, another inspection uh, just to assure people that that bridge was okay. We're going to talk to that owner today. Um, so that will be, uh, Annalise Murphy will have that uh, for a 5 o'clock. Bob, uh, Bob, 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 how long, yeah, what's yeah. the prediction for the Jennings-Randolph Bridge? They ex- how long do they expect that to be two closed? Weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, okay. I, I, we were, yeah two weeks. Okay. Um, so we've got that, so we're waiting to hear about that. So that's, uh, that's a long detour. If, uh, it, it just, it's just a crazy situation up there, because if, if you don't use the Newell Bridge, the next detour is all the way down to the Veterans Memorial Bridge, which is almost a, an hour drive. Yeah, wow. So, so uh, anyway, that's ongoing, so we'll have an update on that this afternoon. Uh, Park Place, uh, groundbreaking, uh, uh, it's kind of a, I guess we want to call it a retail business park uh, going into the Weirton area up uh, up on uh, Three Springs Drive. Uh, Colin Roos will have that report for us as well today from the uh, uh, our new Steubenville Bureau, so we'll have that today. And then uh, some people are out at Mount Woods Cemetery today doing some repairs to some monuments out there. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. So many of the old cemeteries in the area uh, have these beautiful old monuments from the Civil War area, maybe even older, uh, that are just falling apart. And just, you know, families are gone, so nobody's taking care of that. So it's kind of nice to see somebody's going out there to do this. So uh, DK's out there now. And we'll have that report tonight in our 6 o'clock. All right, got to run. Uh, uh, people can check everything out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30, the region-wide show, and always at WTF.com or on the apps on your uh, smartphone or your tablet. Bob, have yourself a good weekend. I will be gone next week. You'll talk to Bob Slider all week long. So I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And uh, I will talk to you again after the holidays. You'll talk to Bob again on Monday.
All right, great. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. Uh, just about 10 o'clock, ABC covers the world. Slider, enjoy your week next week. Um, we'll I miss you. Merry Christmas to you. I won't see you till after Christmas, but uh, have a good uh, have a good show next week, and uh, we'll all reconvene, you and I, in a week or so. Can't wait to unwrap you. 7.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.